Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we talk to the truly awesome Sean Steddin. Australian Sean arrived in Phuket 14 years ago for a holiday. And after a few years of enjoying Phuket, Sean decided to set up Five Star Marine. The journey from one boat to now 11 boats is awesome. His model for running boat tours is awesome. And we've not even mentioned the work that he and his amazing Thai team do in feeding Phuket, which is also awesome. Sean is a wonderful father and husband, but above all, he's just a top, top, top guy. I'm super pleased we finally got Sean on the podcast. I was super pleased that we got to hear about his journey, and I'm super pleased that you get to listen to it. I like this one, and I like Sean. Amazing guy. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, mate. Hi, Russell. We're not here for you today. Where do we start? Well... Do we start with the highlights? Sean's highlights. Yeah, we (laughs) we could start with that. But peroxide highlights. (laughs) Did you do it yourself? No. So the first three times I did it myself... You've done this before? No, no, no. no. Like To get to this colour, I had to (laughs) dye it three times, and then I had to go to a professional hairdresser to fix it. So, yeah, and I when are you going to that professional hairdresser? <laughs> <laughs> is that going to happen right. soon or not? Can we suggest not mentioning who that professional hairdresser is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me tell you about hairdressers. Yeah. Um, Sean, Sterling, Sterling? Stenning. Stenning. I yes. said that because then did. I made the joke about Steddings, did, which is yeah. a nine-letter word on Countdown. Um, five-star so Marine. Five-star Marine. You're, so Joanna, this is Joanna's PA that we've got today, yes? I think so because yeah. Joanna turned us down and said she couldn't come on the podcast. she was too busy with... But, um, so we got Sean instead. Yeah. Sean, when did you get to Phuket? Uh, it's a good question. I think... Uh, we asked the tough questions on this <laughs> podcast. You know, everyone asks me timelines. I think it's about 14 years now. 14, maybe 15 years. Okay. Um, came um, over for a holiday, like oh, most people. Wow. Do you know what? That's not true. That's not most people. And we've discovered this. If you'd listened to the 96, <laughs> 96 podcast we've done, rather than the one that you've listened to... <laughs> then you would have known that a lot of people don't come here for a holiday. But was that the reason you came here? Yeah, I sold out of a business in Australia, wanted to have a month off, came here, fell in love with the beach and decided never to go back to that kind of life. Well, I think we can all agree on not going back to Australia. Yeah. Yeah, you're in, you're in safe space here. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I agree with that. I've been back twice, twice only. What were you doing in Australia before you came here? Uh, I was an accountant for an IT startup. It's exactly what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. He was an <laughs> so Where do we go from here? <coughs> yeah. He was an you picked that one apart. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> an accountant for an IT? Yeah, so my job was to uh, help raise funds for the startup, to do all of our basic accounting, auditing. We did really well, got really successful. I sold out, came here for a holiday, and said never want to be an accountant ever again. 
Was it your own business or like with a partnership no, with friends? No, uh, some friends. There's okay. three of us. Uh, we all came here. When we sold out, we all came here for a month um, and had a great time. They went on to the UK, started up a similar business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that business is tough business. Uh, you're working 20 hours a day, seven days a week, and you don't have any time. So when I came here... I'm not being horrible. There are people out there who go fishing on big trawlers for weeks and weeks on end that are not going to sit there and go, yeah, he's right, that accounting lark, <laughs> sitting there in office for a few hours a day, seven days a week. Well, you know, there's, there's this appeal where you're thinking, like, I'm going to be an accountant, it's going to be awesome. I'm no, no. <laughs> I did, that no was me. One, no, I was one, a kid. no one has ever said, I'm going to be an accountant, that is awesome. Yes. No, they haven't. That was, if you asked me as a kid what I wanted to be, accountant. Really? Yes, because I think... In when I, I was when we, I, time out. can we let's go back to the beginning because I really want to hear about your childhood. <laughs> okay, well then, on the seventh day, God rested. Right. So then, what happened after that? He then wo he then woke up and thought, "Fuck me, it's Monday. That's come round quick." Do you know what? I want to be an accountant. <laughs> this this God thing, so much hard work. Yeah. Accountancy is yeah. going to be a lot easier. Numbers are great. So, at what age, when you was with your abacus counting your Skittles or whatever you were counting decided to be an accountant I just remember from being a, a young kid that's what I wanted to do my my uncle was an accountant we would go every Christmas to his house he had a nicer car than us he had a nicer house than us he had a pool you know one of those above ground pools that you could go in and do the little whirlwinds around and stuff and I'm like this is what I want to be. I don't, sorry, an, agro, uh, an above ground pool with whirlwinds? You mean so a, a jacuzzi? As opposed to an underground pool. No, so you have an above ground pool and then the kids all jump in and they, they swim around in circles trying to create that oh, little, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That was like, that's like my number one memory from my childhood on Christmas Day doing this in the backyard of his house. That's pretty and cool. I, I worked out very early that uh, he was an accountant and I figured that he was rich because he was an accountant and that was what I wanted to do. And it... And did you find out afterwards it was his drug dealing that it was? What I found out afterwards is that accounting is very, very boring. <laughs> uh, and you spend most of your time counting other people's money, not yours. And so I did an in internship with him uh, when I was in university. And about six months into the internship, I quit uh, his accounting firm and said I can't do it. And I and added a degree to learn IT because IT was a growing area. So an accounting and IT together made sense. Um, so Getting the computers to do the math for you. Yeah, like we, this is the crazy part, right? We had back then we had Excel, mm -hmm. so I could just to could jump in. When you say back then, give us a ballpark oh, year. Gosh, how old am I now? How old are you? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. So this was nineteen, eighteen years ago. So I was working in his accounting firm, and it's a taxation firm. Did not know anything about taxa taxation accounting. It's crazy. Still don't. Uh, it's horrible. Anyway, so. Uh, he had a rule in his firm that you weren't allowed to use Microsoft Excel to compute sums. You had to do it in writing on the old-fashioned notepad, right? And so I would, I'd be doing sums and accounting, and I'd be doing all of the book work by hand. And at the same time, I'd be running the Excel spreadsheet on the side to, to data check that I was actually adding it up correctly, right? So every time I would print off the Excel spreadsheet and put it with my, my workbook and give to him, he would scream at me like, that's not how we do it here. You do it only by hand. You don't use a computer. Don't trust a computer. And I was like, okay, this is not for me. <laughs> I'm just trying to break this all down. 
When you're at university, so do you, do you studied accountancy at university, so it was accountancy and IT? Yeah, double degree, accounting IT. A double degree? Yeah. You're a smart cookie, aren't you? No. No, no. he did accounting and IT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can turn things off and turn them on again. Yes. So to speak. And you can work out how much that cost you to do. So when I, when I went into the internship, my, my uncle advised me, he said, you're better to have two degrees than one. He says you're more employable. Uh, and he... You know, they gave you the normal pitch, you're going to be an intern, after that you're going to be a junior accountant, after that you're going to be Which a senior are. accountant, after that you're going to be a partner. And about six months in, I worked out there was no way I was going to stay to be a partner. Whilst you were doing your degrees, yeah. you had the internship, but you stayed on to finish the degrees even though you ducked out the, the internship. Yeah, so I figured the degree would still be okay, yeah. um, but I really realised that taxation accounting was not going to be fun. Okay, so you did the degree, but still decided to stay within the realm of accounting. Yeah, so again, you're, you're so far in. I, I did have a change of heart about six months into my university degree where I thought, I'm going to become a teacher. So I started to pick up some elective subjects because they advise you at university, don't change your degree, go pick up some subjects first and yep. see whether you like it or not. I picked up some subjects and I did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's better to be an accountant. Fuck. So I finished the degree in accounting and it actually turned out that what, what was missing in, what I see is missing in the IT world is just some really great programmers. I could never be as good programmer as all these guys. But getting a programmer who actually understands what that code does in the essence of a business transaction or what that code does in the essence of actually trying to get it to make money, mm -hmm. that's where I excel. Okay. Oh, so, no, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we could use Excel in that company. Yeah, <laughs> gotcha. So, and then you're, you, you said you, you got together with some friends and just yeah. So said, got hey, to, let's just start a business. Yeah, look, uh, second year in university, uh, we started, because uh, this was, you know, what, 18, 19 years ago, the internet was kind of, websites was new, you know, and so they would hire university students for websites. So there's a few of us got together, we kind of created a little company idea. We would go around to all the businesses. We'd build websites for them. We would do their IT work. And then we're like, once we completed Unity, we're like, okay, well, why don't we create a system that instead of having to build a single website for a single person, we create a system similar to what you'd imagine WordPress is now, mm -hmm. but we create a very simple website builder. And we said, okay, any business owner now can just pay uh, an access fee per month and they can go and build their own website. They don't need an IT programmer. They don't need a designer. Um, so, we did that, so, so that's like an original plug and play. It was. It, and back, back then, this concept was brand new. Mm, you know, like sure. now it's an old concept. Yeah, you yeah. Know? But back then it was brand new. It did really, really well. We sold it um, into the back end of Yellow Pages and... We listed For the younger listener, we should explain what Yellow Pages yeah. is. Yellow Pages is like Google, but on yeah, paper. On paper. <laughs> so then we did what is called a reverse list, reverse list exit. So a company that is uh, listed on the stock exchange, I sell my company into them, they raise money against it, and then I'm out. So that was... Jay understands that. You're okay. Oh, you lost me at accountancy and degrees, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> so I did all that, then I came over here. But, you know, that was the what crazy... Was okay, let's get to... Because I'm, so I'm done with the accountancy and IT. Why did you choose Phuket? Oh, yeah. oh there's something there. <laughs> no, it's, there's, a, there's a story there. Um, 
I'd, yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd like to get to it if it's yeah. not too much trouble. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So when I was in university, I, I ran, uh, I was involved in the student association, uh, and we ran parties. That's our job was to get people drunk, and we got paid by the the alcohol suppliers to do that. Um, when the tsunami hit Phuket, uh, our student association decided to raise funds for Phuket. Um, so we ran a 24-hour rave party. We had to go and get special permission because you're not allowed to do it back then. We had all the alcohol sponsored, buses sponsored, food sponsored, and everything that people sp spent at this party came to Phuket as a donation. We actually donated it to the Red Cross. Um, so we raised about 200,000 Australian dollars from this party, um, gave it. So it kind of just made sense that when I was looking to go for a break, it's like, well, I've never been to Phuket actually when I was raising money for Phuket, I didn't even know where it was on a map. Never left Australia in my life, you know, I'm a middle class family. Our holidays were, we'd go to Maruchidor once a year and we'd go camping by the river once a year. That We never left, never left Australia. Where so, about Australia are you from, sorry? Uh, Chuka. Do you know it? Victoria? Yeah, okay. Melbourne, about yep. three hours from Melbourne, right okay. on the border. So. It just made sense that I would come here because it's like I had a connection here. You know, I raised all that money to. Can, we're going to talk about your little bit of charity work that you do. <laughs> um, not as much, obviously, as Russell oh, and I do. I mean, obviously, yeah, we're talking charity work. Yeah, fucking that is a I high mean, bar there. I mean, Jesus Christ, to be <laughs> fair. I mean, what, more than him. feeding a few <laughs> thousand people when we raised 100,000 walking for 17 hours. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah you know I mean? exactly. What have you done, Sean? <laughs> I mean, I've emceed. You don't know about effort, mate. I DJ'd at pause event. What have you done, Sean? <laughs> to be fair, nothing. Um, anyway, why why did you choose the, the the tsunami as a charity event? Or were you still doing charity event and stuff like that? Do you have that a was, heart of gold? No, Just yeah. a Look, I think back then in Australia, this was a big news, big news story, and as a our friendship group in the student association, we all just said, this is something that we can do. We were going to either obviously help Phuket or the Indonesian side. Yeah. And, and you so don't like Indonesians. You said, <laughs> you, you said you hated them off air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think we even chose where the money went. It was uh, the, the chancellor of our university, you know, yeah. like he had to make that decision. Um, so as to why we did it, it just seemed like the right thing to do at that time. And we, ha we had the ability, you know, we had a student body of about 10,000 people that we could move into an event. You're such a nice guy. Do you know what? When I was at university, I just got pissed and did drugs. No, I, I, did, a fair, I, 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 I did a lot of that too. Okay. So. Yeah. But I didn't raise money for charity, to be fair. I was stealing sweets and chocolate out of the store. That was about it. I guess I was charity for myself because I didn't have any money. Yeah. Mm. Oh, charity starts at home, right? That's very true. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> Have you got um, brothers, sisters? Yeah, I've got an uh, older sister and a younger brother. Okay, and they're still in Australia? Older sister is, she's a teacher. Uh, younger brother is, I think right now, Malaysia. When you came to Phuket, did you have any idea how long, or did you have any idea how long you was going to stay, what you were going to do? Was it, was it just purely, I'm just going to go for a break. I've earned a bit of money now. I can afford to relax for a bit. It was B. I was just here for a break and there was no plan as to, there was no return ticket, there was no onward ticket, there was no plan. Um, but I think, you know, like, the, it's corny to say it, but it was like first day I walked on the beach and I was just like, I can't see myself. You know, at that point in my life, I wanted to move to a beach. And so in Australia, you're thinking Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, my money, okay, I sold out, I have a little bit of money, but it's not enough to live on the Gold Coast the rest of my life, Yeah. right? But 
I can make that money go a lot further here in Thailand and so maybe I don't have to work for a little while and maybe I can party for a little while and enjoy the scene and no one knows me over here yeah. and there's no judgment really about what I'm now. doing. <laughs> Where you know. were you? Where did you, where you located? Oh, this is the sad part, you know. When oh. you actually realize how, how much of Thailand that I've seen, you'll cry. I came and stayed at the Outrigger. Uh, Slumming it to start with. Yeah. yeah, stayed at the Outrigger and I haven't left Leanne Laguna area since. Wow. I didn't realize you were from around this area. Yeah, I Good didn't for you. Yeah. yeah, Leanne. When was the decision to like, fuck it, I'm going to stay here? Because you've never left Australia until you came here. Yeah. So this is your first foray outside of Australia. I can understand the, the why you came but, but here. But can, can you imagine, like, at that age, you've got a little bit of money. Uh, no. You're in, <laughs> <laughs> you're in Thailand. Your little bit of money seems like a lot of money in Thailand. You can I, have a nice villa. You can party every single night of the week. You can go to... Back then, I went to Bangla. Lit, I, I actually think I may have worked as a stripper for a few days there at Bangla. We've all been there. <laughs> so... I'm quite... I'm just enjoying that image right now. It's better than the image you came up with earlier. <laughs> so, was there ever a definitive point that says, I'm going to go and live in Phuket the rest of my life? No, I just haven't left. Just 14 years later, thought, fuck me, I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yep, fair enough. Okay. So, when was the time period where you thought, right, I'm running out, I'm not running out of money, but I think I'm getting a bit bored. Before I run out of feet. money, I should do something. So, uh, this is the serious part of the podcast. It wasn't that I was running out of money, it was that uh, in Phuket, once you've partied enough, you're either going to continue to party and go down a path that's probably not great, or you're going to learn to... Or you'll be on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, you, or you're going to do something to get busy. Yeah. So I had one of those realizations where I think it was like X amount of nights in a row partying where I was like, I actually need to do something with my life because otherwise I'm going to destroy it. Fair so. Enough. And what were your options? Um, Stripper. Well, the first thing, actually, you know, everyone thinks I just do straight into building Five Star Marine. Not really, no. Uh, at this point, uh, I met my wife. Uh, her family ran a tour company. And so... Did she know she was your wife at the time? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I think I chased her nine months before she'd even give me a single date. How did you... Ch I need some tips. What are you chasing? <laughs> I'm not giving you tips. <laughs> Why not? I need some stalking tips. My stalking's been very poor recently. Yeah, that's true. No, you, you just turn up at their place of work nine months straight until they don't say, you know. Is that what you did? Until yeah. they yeah. give up, yeah. Because <laughs> she had a tour shop on the beach. Her family's been in this business for three generations. So I would just go to the shop every day. Uh, once we were married, I would go as well. And then I would start, you know, you get lonely in Phuket if you don't have friends. And so you start talking to the people who are on holiday. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe and then I started talking to them about, hey, maybe you should go out on a boat because I'm selling a tour for my, for my wife's family. And then it was like, oh, if you're going to go, I might come because like I'm bored and got nothing to do. So I'm going to come on the boat. And then I did that for like three years where I would sell private boats, not my boat, someone else's. And I would go on the boat with them and being the you're a ticket tout. Yeah. Being the accountant, I'd be looking at the boat going, is this really fuel efficient? You know, is this captain really driving in the right way? Does no, he really no, know what he's no, doing? We can all answer that yeah. one. And, you know, like uh, in my industry, you know, I would, in the high demand period, you'd book a boat and you'd turn up at the pier and be like, where's the boat? 
no boat here. You know, I'd be promising all these friends that I've met at the hotel this, this, this boat that's going to be on time for this boat trip. And then I would ring the owner and the owner would say, ah, oh, the captain's still asleep. Yeah. I'm like, so you think you could wake him up? You yeah. know, we're at the pier, yeah. we're waiting. And I, I just naturally just got to a point where uh, we were selling enough private boats that the risk of hiring boats was too high. So we started to buy them. Um, and we started to run them. And that's so where Five we, Was came. this you and your wife and family? No, not her family. By this point, her family had taken a background to what we were doing and her and I were pushing forward. Um, so just before... If you ask, was there a business plan about Five Star? No. Was there a business? I'm going to ask no. that. I'll ask that question. We didn't plan it. Uh, was there a business plan for Five no, Star? No. No? No, I'll okay. answer that for you. No. All right, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just prior to this particular stage, when you said because um, your... your Storky slash wife, um, that that was their business as a tour business. So were they like kind of operating like as a middle manager sort of thing to, yeah, to so sell they, other people's they boats? They, they were, had their own sort of setup. For want of a better word, they were a broker, right? Oh, that they would yeah, broker yeah. boats, yes. they'd broker tours. And I just started to get this thing. It's like, if I'm paying the boat X amount of money, he's making Y amount of profit. Correct, yeah. Right? So, so why not do and, that myself? And if I'm charging my price and still making profit what could i do if i owned the whole system yeah so the, the the bus that takes you to the boat the boat that you're on the restaurant you're going to if i can own the whole system the whole process one i get rid of any element of risk so you can't have a bad time and b i get huge profitability because i'm already making money selling boats yeah and paying a full charter rate at for pricing so You'd never been in the boating industry before that? No. And didn't know anything about Nothing. boats or running boats? No. Okay. And the, but what it, could possibly go wrong? <laughs> your car broke down at Sutai the other day and you asked me, what, what do you think about it? It did I, ask I, I you. I don't know. You, you, you did exactly that. For the listener, <laughs> just put his hands up. I don't know, Jay. But hold on, you're in the boats. Because no, I just assumed that everyone who in boats knows about mechanics. Because I know a little bit about boats and fixing them up and stuff. But you knew nothing. No, I knew nothing. No, and that happens a lot. I mean, some people in, they've got their own business, but they don't know like, the internet. I'm like, I've got a dog business. So I know nothing. So the, about dogs. the first boat, Sit. the first boat that we we bought uh, for the first nine months we ran that boat, I cried every day, every day because you don't know what you don't know about a boat until you buy a boat. And when I bought it, the guy that I bought it from, he was a really nice Thai guy, and he's like, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy this boat, you have to know every inch of it. So it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build it with you, I'm going to paint it with you, I'm going to install the engines with you, I'm going to teach you everything that you need to know because I can tell you that you don't know what you're getting into. And so I, I, to this day, I respect this guy for this. Because Did you not like, go to any of his lessons? I went to every lesson, but... What happened? I don't even know what a starter motor was, you know? He's like... <laughs> Jay, this is, this is the, the, the crazy part, right? Uh, when I was out on a boat one day, uh, broke down mechanic, rang the mechanic, and I said to the mechanic in Thai, I'm like, so what's wrong with the engine? And he said to me, the engine's ting-tong. And I'm like, what do you mean the engine's crazy? Yeah. I'm like, this is yeah. his explanation to me. It's crazy. I'm like, so what's the me mechanical definition of a crazy engine? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much can go wrong with boat engines, though, especially <laughs> outboard engines. There isn't too much. I know you're... There is, but there isn't. Tech there we go. I'm not going to get into it. In the, in the years before we owned our boats, I've been on a boat that caught fire, an engine fell off, propellers broken, gear systems fell off, 
boat started to sink. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with and the boat. And if you want to go on a tour, five star tour. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is pre five star. This is, this is, this is your communications <laughs> manager, Marine. right? Your communications manager needs to be here to stop you saying stuff. Can, like can that. you ask her to edit that out for me? Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so you started off with one boat. So yeah. you started off with one star marine. So when I bought the first boat, uh, the guy that sold it to me says, "You'll never buy another boat." He said, this is a, you're buying a brand new boat. Was it? A, a uh, so a lot of the time here, we're not buying brand brand new. We buy the hull and we buy the engine separately and we put it all together, right? Someone does. You say we, Sean. You yeah. don't yeah, do no, anything. No, I, I, I can't do that. No, no. no, I've got no idea how to do that. <laughs> Super good in Staples, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the first boat, uh, you know, like uh, I fell through a pier, broke my leg, um, and you fell what? through a pier. Yeah. Do you know, like at nighttime, when you get to when you get off a boat and you go home, all of us we have to go to these little shanty piers yeah, to yeah, refuel yeah. our boats, and you fall through them. <laughs> yeah, I got dengue fever on one day because we had to run the engines for twelve hours to break them in, and so I was getting eaten alive by mosquitoes because uh, we have to run it all night because the next day you've got a tour. So I ended up with dengue fever from it. It's like that first boat, I I, I could never sell it because I. I say to everybody who asks me, it's like, I, it's my, blood, my blood is in that boat, you know. It's like, if you, if you pull it up and look under, there's, there's going to be red stains and that's my blood. And I learned everything on that boat. And then I was stupid enough to buy a second one. With your tours, obviously you, you've been on a few tours because you were a ticket tout yes. doing the tours. So when you set up the five star, did you know which tours you were going to go on? Or did you have a plan of your favorite ones? <laughs> yeah, so... If you look at the sales picture of what the concept of Five Star was, was that when it was just two boats, it was you would be with me and I would take you to the locations that I wished every other tour operator took me before I came, right? Because I bought private boats when I was here. And if I went to PP, they would take me to Monkey Beach, they'd take me to PP Don, they'd take me back to Kai Island, and that was the end of tour. But these places are not the most beautiful parts of PP. Once you actually spend a lot of time out there, you go, well, these are actually the worst parts of PP. So we designed programs in a way where we wanted to show them the parts that we wished that other operators showed. Um, and that's the whole philosophy of how our company works now. It's like, we want to take you to the places that other people don't go, not because the, other, the places that other people don't go are not good, right? Here's my, here's my industry, Jay, this is the great part. Uh, if you're going to go and book a tour to go to PP today, that boat is going to have 300 litres of fuel on it, which means that that captain has to drive a very specific speed to a very specific location, and then to a very specific second location, a very specific third location, and then back home. If on the way out and the way back, the, way, the sea's a bit rough, he's going to cut one location because he needs to save fuel, mm -hmm. right? So we run reverse as a company. We run our boat so that instead of giving an allocation of fuel per day, we say to our captain, unlimited fuel, right? Obviously, we don't want you to go and use 600 liters of fuel, but if that's what it takes to show this customer what they want, then spend the fuel, right? And if that means that you have to go left, right, backwards, forward, around so that you can miss the crowd, do it. We don't mind. You know that it's better that you go out and you have this great memorable experience because I, I remember my family, right? When we would go on a holiday, I think for six years we went to Marichidor. I don't know if you know where that is, but it's on the Gold Coast. It's a beach area, right? Is it like South End on Sea? Because that's all uh, I know. No idea. Okay. 
It's not that good. <laughs> so we, we would go every year for six years, and for every year for six years, I said to my dad, I want to hire a jet ski, and I want to go and ride the waves, right? And every year for six years, don't have enough money. Mum and dad spend everything to get us just there. So once you're there, it's like, whatever. So I was like, I know the people who are buying tours from my company, they're similar to my family, right? They've, they've put yeah. everything in it to get here. And I'm gonna go and run a half-assed tour because I worry about fuel? No. How long had you been here um, prior to setting up the, oh. the business? Six, seven years at okay. least, yeah. yeah. Six or seven years at least. You're really nice, Sean. Nice, no. Yeah, because no, just that whole thing about that. I, I it just touched not about. It. I mean, you feed a load of people, whatever. We'll talk about that. <laughs> um, do the cats in a minute. We'll get the cats. But the not, fact not of the musical. matter is, you're taking your own personal. And I remember going on holiday with my parents, and we didn't come from a very. I mean, my dad's done really well for himself now, but when we were growing up, he was working very hard. We would drive down to a campsite on the south of France, and that was like amazing experience for us, driving all the way there. And I did want to go and do all this cool stuff and we couldn't afford to do it. But, so you're taking those memories and you're now giving people better memories in what your business model is, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And I think it's really good because I know the tour boat industry, I know the boating industry, and I know how it all works. And I, what you said is right. They go there, 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 and that's it. And you are limited to that because they are, you know, we won't even get into how they drive, which could save <laughs> a little bit more fuel. But to actually have an open thing and say, and I've been on one of your tours as well, in fact, I've been on more than one. I've been on a couple. And they are, you know, everyone is so friendly. And there isn't, you're not felt that you have to go here, here, and here. Right, get on the boat. Let's go, let's go, let's go. It's a much nicer kind of feel. And very relaxed and very, very chilled. And your staff are amazing. But I, I, I relate it back to my childhood. It's like, <coughs> if that family has worked 12 months, like in my family, for us to holiday, my mum worked two extra jobs. My dad worked a weekend job. And this was, they told us, this is the money for the holiday. Right, they, they'd get paid cash, they'd put it in the drawer, yeah. and then at the, that would be the envelope that went on holiday, right? So I, in my mind, I'm like, if I'm taking from that envelope that they've spent 12 months and sacrificed all their weekends and nights, and I'm taking that to take you on tour, you deserve the most memorable experience mm. that I can possibly give you. Damn right, hell yeah. That's you can brilliant. take, I mean, I'm doing this, I'm putting money in an envelope right now. <laughs> right, I, I, right now, every 20 bar I get goes in the little envelope, and that is our, that's going to be our Christmas presents for this year. So I totally relate to that. I think that's fantastic. Well done. Five-star Marine. Get them. Go on holiday now. So there you go. That's the plug done. There we go. Brilliant. Moving on. So how, many, how many boats have you got now? Uh, we're 11 now. Okay. Holy moly. Yeah. So we took COVID. You're an admiral. We took COVID to buy some boats. Yeah. We, a lot of people were selling at good price. So we bought a lot of boats. Um, and you've been surviving is probably the right word during this COVID. Is it because you just wanted to keep going? What was your thought process? Because as we sat here before Russell came, because Russell wasn't late, by the way. I'm just no, saying I was Sean and I was, on time. we were very early because early is on time. However, we were saying earlier that most of the tour boats have shut up shop and put their boats away badly. So what was your thought process when this all kicked off? So we, we initially followed everybody else. For one month, we pulled our boats out of the water. Um, but... I sat there with my wife and we, our crew are like family, you know, and I said, I can't do this to them, you know, like, let's go try. So we put the boats back in, we started to run Santia transfers. So transfers from Phuket to 
Santia, the hotel charges 900 baht, I was charging 200 baht, making no money, just doing it so that my crew could have a job. And how have we survived COVID? Quite honestly, uh, every tour I run, we, we either break even or lose money. It's not a, we're not in it to make money right now. We're in it because in 12 months from now, this crew who have realized that we've been working with them to get their families fed and keep them employed and to run the business, that's loyalty for 12 months from now and two years and 10 years. That's, a, that's loyalty you can't build in the company, you know? Like, and my, my staff, they see it. They see the price we charge and they see how much fuel we use and they know that we're, they can do we're losing money. They, they know we're losing money, you know? Nice man, isn't he? We should have had him on earlier, but he was too busy with all the other podcasts and, and all the other news. Hair, and his hair done. And all no, the other news, some serious the news outlets that he goes and does. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to touch on this. Now, you, have, you, you do a hell of a lot of work for the charity. Where did that come from? I know it started back when you was at university days, but what was it that in Phuket when you went, do you know what, I'm going to really push this forward? Yeah. There's not a there's not a, a there's not a succinct answer to that, you know. As okay, you're going to have to use simpler words with me. So it's not an easy answer. This is not the it's Tim on the tiger where you can use long words and he understands. Oh, oh yeah, I, I apologize. Uh, for us, again, I was I was looking at my staff and see that they couldn't survive. That was the first step. Then I was looking at my wife's family and saw that they couldn't survive. And then I was looking at the villagers, you know, like. My, my, my manager who works for me now, he's 22 years old, right? Youngest, he's a, he's, he didn't complete university, but in his family, he's the only guy that works, right? And he'd always say to me, you know, oh, boss, love it. Thank you so much for employing me because now I can go home and I can buy food for the family and take care of the family. And I'm like, but why should you be doing that? You know, like, why is, the, why is there not support for your family, right? Because his dad, He's a tour guide, his dad's a tour guide, his brother's a tour guide, his mum's a stay-at-home mum. So when COVID came, all lose their job except for him, right? And so it's no fault of their own, right? These sure. guys are good tour guides. His dad now works for me, right? They're good tour guides. And so I'm like, I have to, I, I can't sit here, and it sounds wrong to say it, but I can't sit here in my villa and eat my steak and realize that my crew's family are there not being able to eat. It's, 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 you know, and why so long? You know, it's like if you're out there and you're in the community and you, you actually have to give the physical life bag to that. You know, last night, this is a true story. Last night, we were down in Sapan Hin. There was an 86 year old man lying on a sheet outside, no house, no food, went up to him, gave him a life bag, and said, This is for you, my Thai stuff. Obviously, talked to him. And he starts crying. I'm like, okay, I can never stop. You know, like, why this exists, I can never stop. You know, I, I, I can't go home tonight to my nice villa and know that he doesn't have a house. You know, and why doesn't he have a house? Nothing to do with his situation. He's not lazy. He wants a job. But who's going to hire an 86-year-old man in the middle of COVID? I'm going to start a new podcast soon, um, which is all about people like yourself, Sean, and Russell as well, in, in all fairness, because you've done a lot of stuff for charity. I don't do that much, apart from get on stage and make <laughs> an idiot of myself. Um, but what's the... Is it just... It, where does this come from? Is it inside or is it just you? 
you know, what's the drive? I really want to know the driving force behind why you're doing this and doing it for so long. Because you, you, you get more out of it than they do. But do you? Yes, by far. But do you then not the feel guilty all the time? And let me play devil's advocate here, and I apologise if this comes across wrong, but it probably will do. But do you not then go, having this nice iced coffee here at Bake, we're at Bake, by the way, thank you very much, Bake, do you not feel guilty having that coffee? That I'll pay for, by the way, so it is, I mean, there is a little bit of joking aside, but... but there, is, there is a fine line. I I think you're, you're talking about guilt driving you, yeah. right? And for me, it's not guilt that drives me, right? It's the, I've had two conversations with my son in the last 12 months that if I did not do this donation program, I would never have had that chance to have that conversation with him. Conversation number one, I was driving home from school with him, right? And he saw somebody bare feet with a sack on their shoulder carrying their life, livelihood with him. He points out the window and he says, Dad, you need to give that guy a life bag. And you say to me, okay, I'm like, if I didn't do this, my son didn't, wouldn't know what a life bag is. Secondly, he wouldn't know how to identify with people who have less than him to even think about one of giving this, all right? And the thing that's, that was so sad for me on this day, I didn't have a life bag to give. You know, like, I'm, I had to sit there and not say anything to him, right, for this drive home. But I got home that night and I said to my wife, we're gonna go find that guy, and we're not gonna just help him. But I said, I wanna find out his community, because I wanna help every single person that's around him. And then I took the next day, we went and bought a thousand life bags of supplies. We packed them all, my son packed them all. I took him in the car with us, and I took him to the guy. And I said, I, Daddy doesn't need to give the life bag. You can give it. And he handed out the thousand life bags to that entire community. He said, because of you, you help not just this one, but everybody. You know? And you say, why? That, it's enough. That's that unbelievable. I want to make a joke about child labour, but I don't think it's the right time <laughs> to make that joke, to be fair, although I just there's, did. There's always a good time for child labour jokes. Listen, yeah. um, I almost want to ask what's, uh, and this is the, what's your, this is the wrong phrase, what's your end game with this? What's the, where does this go? Because on one level, I, I very much, like everyone else, admire what you're doing. Um, and I understand where it's coming from. But at some point, real life has to kick back in. Or is there a way that you can, you know, move, you know, I can take this forward and can you continue to do both? Because my, my issue is, when it comes to, and particularly the specific thing of what you're doing, you shouldn't have to do this. Yes. And I, uh, the issue I have at the minute is, you as an individual and others that are helping have to do it because otherwise these people would have nothing. Yes. And the support mechanism is not in place for them, which is horrible. The problem with external forces like yourself coming in to do it means there's no incentive for the people that should be dealing with this problem dealing with it. So how do we bridge that gap? So you, you think too much of me. I, I actually don't believe that there is... They're <coughs> saying it very directly. When I'm no longer needed, I don't see that there's going to be a next step for me. You know, I, before for the... I've been here 14 years, so what, the, the 10 years before COVID, I didn't do any of this. Mm. I see a need now. I, I always explain it. I'm just filling the gap. Yep. Right? I'm the gap guy. Yep. And the best thing that could ever happen is that I am never needed again. Yep, 100%. Right? That's what I go. Do I want to go? Do I believe that I can go and change this system that's broken? No. No, I don't have that influence. No, I don't have those kind of friends. Yeah, and no, I don't have that desire. Do. 
but but that and I think that's the bigger part of the question as amazingly admirable as what you're doing is no doubt the end game has to be passing that buck on to someone else the people that are here that should be taking that responsibility that should be filling those shoes and they're not and on part of that is there's a reliance on the western influence that the Franks that will put their hands up and say I'll go and do uh, and the cynic in me, and maybe I'm the wrong, maybe I'm wrong for thinking this. The cynic in me says or feels that those that should be doing it can just say, "Well, I don't have to do that. I can sit back in my nice villa and, and what have you, and let everyone else sort of do." Yeah, but again, I, I, I see the upside of what I've been able to do is I've been able to create a whole group of Thai leaders, not just in my business but within my relief project. And if they ever come to me and said, support me into government, support me into being a village leader, support me into being a mayor. Those are the people th you want. These are the people that, yeah. you know, like uh, I always talk about her. Her name is Kunzira. She runs my entire donation program. She works it seven days a week, 10 o'clock at night. She's delivering life bags. She's crying on the side of the road with a guy who doesn't have a house. And I'm like, she's got to be a leader. Like, I can't change this, but she but can. She can. She can. She's, she's local. You know, she, so I keep saying to her, you know, when this is all over, Kunzira, you know, you know every Puye Ban in Phuket. You know every village leader in Phuket. You know every mayor in Phuket. You know the governor. You've got to go do something. It's not for me to go do it. Until six months later when there's a new governor. But, um, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, well, that's, that's kind of my, my driving and, and point. And thank you for talking so... Um, Eloquently. Th that was a word I wasn't looking for, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> But I remember when we first met, which wasn't that, that, we've only known each other for a year or so maybe, or a year and a half or so properly. I remember you weren't really up, and even when we started this podcast, you even said, this is not something you really want to do, being in the, the centre of attention, being, but, and this was one of the reasons why I never asked you to be on before. And, and joking, I do joke that you've now been on every single <laughs> media. I mean, you was on Brendan's podcast, which is an amazing podcast, by the way, and you should listen to it, and he's a cool guy. And thank you for hooking us up. Not hooking us up, because I haven't had sex with him yet, or anything. Uh, yet. Okay, so yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Well, he's a good... Have you seen how handsome he is? No. He's Dan Hansen, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's gorgeous. I would. <sighs> anyway. Um, That's a whole other but podcast. But you've also been, you know, with Jason from the Phuket News. You've been with Tim with the Tiger. You've really started to push this. Who's he been with? Well, not sexually. Okay. But, well, one of them, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's my podcast, I can say that. Have you changed your whole attitude? Because I remember you, you really didn't want to do it and you didn't want it. But then did you get to a point where you said, right, I have to now say something because were outside influences taken away from what you were doing perhaps? Is that the reason why you started to do more interviews and more chats? I think it started out, right, that I didn't want to be going to talk about what I've been doing the first day that I did it. Right? So I wanted to go and do this without anybody knowing. The only people that knew that I did this was Amy and Nando. Mm. Right. And so I wanted to, to do it in a way where if at some point I wanted to talk about it, someone couldn't go and say to you to me, hey, you're talking about it and you just want the social yeah, yeah, yeah. promotion of being a great person. No, I actually wanted to help first. And what what that has done is allow me when I do speak to someone like Tim on the Tiger or on a podcast like this, You've got the I, have, I have a better credibility to be able yeah. to say, Look, actually, I didn't do this for the promotion, but, you know, and I see some injustice. Like uh, you said before, you know, it's like the Farangs have to stand up. And I'm like, in my view, no, you know, the Thais have to stand up. I agree and, with that entirely. Yes, okay, I, I, funded, I fund this program, but all the Thais run the program, mm. you know. 
from Zira to her, her dead suet to my manager Nat to another manager Luck to my wife to my daughter to my son. The, everybody who is the core of my program, if tomorrow, uh, so we're right now we're in COVID restrictions, we can't have the foreigners help us pack, right? So who packs? <laughs> Yeah. The ties. And who packed before you knew about the program? The yeah. ties. Yeah. And that's. A, d d so I, I, this is why I started to speak because everyone's going out there and saying, why are the ties not helping the ties? I'm like, they are. You've got to see it. They're, they're, no. they're doing it. And that's not the issue I have. The issue I have is at the top of. Who's at the top of your system funding this and planning it and putting it all into place? You yes. are. And that's the bit that I and everyone else really admire and think is amazing. It's also the bit I have a problem with, not for you personally, but you shouldn't be doing that. The governor or the, the higher up in the, the, the Thai elite, those that can, those that should. I'm not saying all of them are rubbish and don't do anything. I'm sure there's a lot of them that are doing some amazingly good work that, like you, just did it without, in the beginning without talking about it that we don't hear about. There's every chance that that is going on, but there's a lot of them that aren't and that should be stepping in, or at very least should see someone like you doing this and say, hey, like what you're doing, we should take this over and really push this out. Well, that's, that's the part that I've Can you seen. give us numbers? Like, in, I don't mean financially, but like in terms of how many, how many life bags you put out a week, how many people are you helping on a, and how long have you been doing this? The numbers must be staggering. Uh, so, Almost yeah, as staggering as your hair. <laughs> And does Macro have a point system? Because you must be doing well on your yeah. point starts. <laughs> you know, here's the crazy part, right? Yeah. Macro management from Bangkok came down to Phuket to audit my account because it was unusual. <laughs> they, they thought that the staff were running some kind of system where they were selling me cheaper supplies and then going on and selling it to someone else. Wow. So my whole account system got audited because of the amount of money I spent there. So, yeah, in terms of... So that's a no on the points then. Yeah. <laughs> As to number of life bags, I'm not certain. We stopped. We, we used to keep count. We we stopped yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, look, it's a lot. <laughs> this this week uh, will be about five and a half thousand life mm. bags out. Um, on of which you'll see photos for about five hundred of them. The mm. five thousand that we do, you don't know about. Yeah. And we don't want to. You know, like I use my voice now to try and point to areas. I I realize that. And in, in, in you inviting me here, right? It's like, I have an ability now to try and point to where people can see things that maybe they don't see because they're on Facebook and they see a photo and they see a foreigner packing and they go, oh, why are the foreigners packing? Well, you don't realize that for that foreigner to pack, there's 20 Thai people who moved all the stuff out at yeah. eight o'clock in the morning and there's yeah. 20 Thai people who cleaned it afterwards. And that's, that's and, the next And sorry part. to jump in and I can guarantee that I've, not guarantee, I can tell you I've seen this because last night I went to coach nando lovely guy by the way and her, him and amy have been big supporters of you huge supporters. and, and, and fam fabulous thank you very much to them but all the life bags were in the dojo and my kids were there for and i'm rocking up with my kids in their dojo in their geese because that's what it's called dressing gowns <laughs> to go in there and all the thai guys are bringing out and they're all there all with their shirts off sweating dragging these bags and filling up the truck with them and they are doing it so you know, I'm, I'm pleased you, you talk about that. And look, we're not here just to kiss your ass about how much you do for charity, but you do do a lot. And thank you very much for everything you've done because um, it gave me 11, 11 hours on the stage at one well, point. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which I thought I was brilliant at. <laughs> no one's mentioned that. I don't get anyone saying, hey, Jay, well done. 11 hours straight. 
because you did it for charity, mate, and you, you don't need the, the accolade. You've Russell, never... I walked three-legged with you for charity for 17 hours, and it was the worst <laughs> mistake of my life. We, we raised 100,000 baht for some dogs. And when you gonna... Are we going to talk about the cats? Oh, yes. <laughs> Funny about... you should mention that. So, so yeah. now that you are Mr. Charity in Phuket, what yeah. did you get? Someone wants you to deliver how much? So there's, uh, there was an, an article that went out yesterday on uh, one of the news media here that there's a thousand cats at PP right now that are underfed. Um, and so there are some people here on Phuket that are getting some cat food together. And obviously they've reached out to us to say, can we use our boats to transport the cat food out to PP? So I think either Tuesday or Wednesday this week, I have a boat of cat food going out to PP. So the next you, thing is, what no, about no, the no, dogs? No, 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 no. I got a good joke, I got a good joke. Are you taking a catamaran to feed them? Oh, God. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, that was... I thought that was brilliant. That was a catastrophic joke. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I can't think of anything. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to say meow of some sort, but I'll just take a pause. Oh, blum cha. <laughs> um, Scratch that. <laughs> oh, good <Hey>. one. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> Doing our cat puns. So if you do have some cat food to spare, please deliver it to Sean's Not house in Leanne. No. Or if you want your cat relocated to Pee Pee. Sean, Sean, Sean will be sat there eating a steak <laughs> in his massive villa on the top of the hill. Um, your question, Russ. What sort of things have you got on your bucket list? Bucket list? Good. Uh, <clears throat> firstly, I'd like to see the rest of Thailand. Uh, never been. Mate, the rest of Phuket would be a good start, I'm yeah. guessing. <laughs> yeah, if I, when I say this, people are shocked. They're like, you've never been to Koh Samui? I'm like, no, I've never been to Koh Samui. I'd like to go to Koh Samui. It's not that good. Um, if only there was a boat you could take to get there. <laughs> so uh, my bucket list now kind of relates to experiences that I want my wife and kids to have that I had. So I'd like to take... You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna laugh, but I want to take them to a stage show in London. That's no. Um, I'm not gonna speaking laugh. of cats... <laughs> Damn you getting there too quick. <laughs> Damn you. I am gagging to take my children to a, a show. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's bucket list. I'd like to take my, my kids uh, skiing. Uh, these, are, these are two. And then uh, once COVID finishes, uh, I made a commitment to my family that when the business and the, when the food relief project's no longer needed and the business can survive, we're going to go spend a month in the US. Um, because uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. before you do that, bear in mind what happened the last time you said, I'm going to go for a holiday. For a <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, just want to put that out there. <laughs> my, my boy tells me the best holiday he ever had was when we went to Singapore and Universal Studios. And so I said to him, OK, we're going to go somewhere that is is better than this. And he the watches real Universal Studios. Yeah, he watches it on YouTube, you know. Cool. And so he doesn't understand why we can't go right now. But I'm like, we're gonna go, you know. So he, my bucket list is his. It's like, I feel like I've, the rest of my life would be satisfied if I can give my kids what they want. Cool. Sean, you're an amazing guy. That's a good one to end on. Uh, that's it. You are a fabulous guy, and I'm pleased that we did this conversation. Thank you very much. And has great. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the hair, yeah. See, now we've ruined it because I was going to finish on a really good, on a high. But we just couldn't. I just Once couldn't. again, if the communications manager was here, you should have cut us off short. Mm, absolutely. Sean, thank you so much. Thank and we'll guys. put all the links um, in the description below to Five Star and also how people can help you out as well. Yes, well, not absolutely. help you out, but help, sorry, that's wrong. How, about how the they'll help out the people of yes. Phuket. Thank, thank you, you, mate. Awesome. You're a superstar. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, mate.
Welcome to the outro. Hello, mate. We're on our new microphones. Do we you like indeed. them, Russ? I, I think, actually, I really do. I think these are quite stylish. They are called uh, Shaw Elvis mics. Are you sure? Why, thank you. I, I was going to do that. Uh-huh. But you uh-huh. didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, Tixie Mama. Oh, I was waiting for that bit. Um, more more oh, Johnny Bravo than Elvis. But was it? Uh, that was Sean. Sean Stenning. Thank you for remembering his surname. From <laughs> Five Star Marine. Um, an lovely amazing, chap, uh, Lovely hair. <laughs> his hair. He has got a bleach blonde hair, but no, bless him. He's, you know, I think he can have his hair like that if he wants. Uh, Let's not make it about his hair. Let's make it about what an amazing guy is. Interesting story, though. We don't have many that just come on holiday, sit around for a month and then start a business. Uh, No, not in the way that he did it. No, to be fair. And it was uh, the interesting part for me was that, and I, I think we joked about this at the end. Yes, came here for a month and ended up staying and. To some degree, that that has happened, but it was also the first and only it's the only place he's been to outside of Australia. That's true. And I, my follow-on thought from that was that you might have then branched out and said, "Well, now that my eyes have been opened to Phuket and how amazing it is here, where else can I go?" And then just things, you know, life took a different track, and and here he is. Mm. Which is why I was slightly concerned when he said. When this is over, he'll take the family and go to the States for a month. And He's that was gone. the point. He's never coming <laughs> He's back. He's never coming back. He's never <laughs> no, I like Sean. And I met him about a year and a half ago. It was probably just, it must be a year, maybe two years. I don't know. Probably just as COVID kicked off. Okay. Because I was going to the Satai gym with the kids to do their jiu-jitsu. Hello, Nando. Hello, Amy. And that's how we kind of got to know, got okay. got to know him. And um, yeah, we, I tried to get him on the podcast then. and He didn't want to come on. He was really not up for doing anything like this. He just wanted to keep it to himself because obviously he was, he was doing so much charity work Correct, then, yeah. as he still is now. Mm. Um, but I wanted to get on this one and just talk to him about him and um, find out a little bit more about him because I didn't know that much about him. I didn't yeah. know he was Australian, to be fair. Or an accountant. I found that out. The accountant IT thing's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Now I realise why we hadn't talked to each other yeah. <laughs> for the 14 years he's been yeah. here. Um, so, son, what do you want to be when you grow up? An accountant. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Bless him, though. Someone has to be. Someone has to know, to be fair. And someone's got to be. I, we all need an accountant. Success, uh, he's a successful... Every successful drug business has a good accountant. <laughs> I like him. No, and I have been on some boat tours with him. Um, and they are very cool. Got to see dolphins, I will, which I, I hate. I will be honest. I have not been on one of his boats. You should do, because they're, no, and, they're and, fun. And they, they, I'm not just saying this because it's on the podcast. I have heard nothing but, quote, unquote five-star reviews about the boats, the service, the trips, everything. From everyone. From everyone that's been on them. That, that's all over here. No one's saying, well, yeah, it's all right, but no, everyone is, they, they, they glow about them. And by, by all accounts, look, he's done a, a fantastic job building it up from, they were brokers for oh, others. Mate, look, look, he, he had one boat. Having a lo- he didn't even have that. No, he didn't even have a boat. He had half a boat. Now he's got he's got eleven boats. He's an admiral. He's an admiral he's of his an, own fleet. I was gonna. Is it is it commander or admiral? What's the? Oh, it's commodore. Maybe maybe he's commodore. commodore. That was one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not commander. Does it go? That's Bond. Ca- it's captain. Oh, you're asking the wrong. Quartermaster. This is I'm doing. I'm naughty, not nautical. Stuff. It's admiral or I don't know. If you're a a nautical person, let us know. Yeah, naughty, not nautical. I don't mind either <laughs> or. Anyway, that's Sean, Five Star Marine. Check him out. If you can help out his amazing efforts for life bags, then um, we'll put all the links in the description. Please do. Yes. But also, one thing you could do, and if you're not into life bags, which some people aren't, to be fair, go and support him and his business. 
and his staff by going on one of his trips. Absolutely. Because Cause, cause that, the that's w- the bit that helps. Exactly. Yeah. That helps more. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, at the end of the day, they've got to make a living and he's running the business to give his, essentially to give his staff jobs and employment and that in and of itself, that helps them support their families and it helps them do what they are doing. So, sure, if you want to head on down and pack some life bags or you know, take a truckload and deliver them somewhere, I'm sure that would be appreciated. If you're not sure what to do or how to do it or even don't want to do it because all in, there are some people that don't want to, but by using his services, supporting his business... That does help. So and when Russell says services, he doesn't mean sexual. He means boat services and go and see the dolphins. But if you do see the dolphins... Careful. I was going to say something very nasty were, about dolphins. I, know, I was going to say You're stab not, a not dolphin, but that's probably not <laughs> the best thing to put out there. No, probably not. Imagine if someone clipped that. Jay the shark says stab dolphins. Well, I do. You're a shark. You're allowed to. Absolutely. Russell. Hello, mate. Oh, you God. could like us on Facebook, you know. Just go to Jay the Shark and Friends. Or you could go to Twitter and Instagram and search Phuket Podcast. Could. However, where would I go to find everything in one place, I wonder? Now that, Jay, to be honest, with these amazing new mics is an excellent question. They are and good mics, aren't they? They sure they are. Hey, and I might have an answer for you. Go on then. I reckon if you went to www. Not that anyone used to say www. But people still do say www. Phuket Podcast. Com. I think people are switched off by now, to be fair. And if they haven't, they fucking should have. <laughs> but if you are still here, dear listener, PhuketPodcast.com is the place to go. Absolutely. Go to Phuket Podcast. You have all the links to all the social media. And we've also got all the links to all the other podcasts that Shark 13 any, production. Any examples you care to mention? Uh, yeah. There's the Phuket Property Podcast. Yeah. Which I'm is really by Prime about that Real one. Estate with Lyndon Phillips. We've nah, also boring. got Storytime by KIS. Which yeah, it's is kids. Kids Boring. Stories. Um, and we've got a new one called Catastrophe. Catost- I can't say that word. Catastrophe. I can't. Doesn't matter. It was going to be a funny joke about cats. <laughs> but, you know, it was going to be a catastrophe. But it was, ca- it was catastrophic. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> I was saying catastrophe for the last 10 minutes. Anyway, there's Bartcast. You learn about dogs. It was a good one. You should listen to this week's one, actually. It took me days to edit <laughs> because Russell didn't press record on his Zoom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I had a, I had a thanks for that, Russ, by the way. Appreciate meltdown. your time. Um, thanks for your time, Russell. Cheers, buddy, as always. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Bye.